Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast co-host. Part two. Extraordinaire, Joe and Alex. How are you, Alex? I'm good. I'm ready for part two. Yes, this is part two of our podcast interview with Bob and Jimmy. Jimmy Vreeland and Bob Scott, both from St. Louis. I'm looking forward to hanging out with them real soon here. And um, they've been in St. Louis for a long time. I think, Bob, I might have met you before. Um, I, I am a hermit. I'm a self-confessed hermit. I have four kids, though. It's just I never go to any of the RIA meetings here. <laughs> I should, but I don't. Um, but you guys are just... Tearing it up in the St. Louis market. If you guys listened to episode part one uh, that we just did with these guys, we talked about how they have 110 houses in the last two years. They're buying these things with uh, some private money. They are selling them on lease options, and they're having a lot of really good success with this business. They're making very good money. Both military folks... Before we get too, along, too far along in this, I want to give you their website so you can look them up and reach out to them, talk to them. Um, we're going to be talking today about some really cool stuff with insurance and private money and buying these houses. Um, but their main website is jointopsproperties.com, jointopsproperties.com. And uh, they also have some videos out there on YouTube. Go check that out. They also have a website where they teach some of this stuff at autopilotassets.com. And uh, Jimmy and Bob, let's, let's talk about this a little bit more here. What does real estate and life insurance have to do with each other? It makes no sense okay, to me. So, gotcha. So the six primary advantages of real estate, it turns out that investing in a whole life policy, it shares the same advantages. So would you agree people should invest in real estate because of cash flow, leverage, and tax advantages just to get started? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So the way I look at it in my mind, it's not, you know, it's not that I love our average 1300 square foot house with three bedrooms and two baths, right? Okay. I'm not particularly passionate about that. I am particularly passionate about a tax or a cash flowing asset and an asset that has tax advantages and also an asset that I can use leverage with. Right? Yeah. So if manufacturing widgets had those same adva advantages, I would do it yesterday. Okay. So when I discovered life insurance and realized that, whoa, it cash flows, you, I can use leverage and it has tax advantages. Well, to be honest with you, once I saw it was another way to pay less taxes, I was like, I was in. Tell me the details later. I'm, I'm all about that. What can we do about that? <laughs> okay. Let's just start there. <laughs> okay. So Alex, last time we talked, you have $40,000 in a but a whole life policy. With whole life policy, right. Okay. And so right now you're probably getting 5% tax-free compounding. Potentially, yes. So if you were a private investor on certain properties, if you got that deal, you wouldn't be disappointed. You wouldn't be heartbroken, right? No. You'd be destroying what anybody's doing in the market right now. Absolutely. You'd if, be he, crushing, if, he was, if he was making 5%? Yes. Okay. You'd be because banks are only doing two or half of one percent, right? 
and you'd be crushing any qualified plan out there right now. Absolutely. Do we got to keep going with the podcast or is everybody ready just to go put money in life insurance? <laughs> ah, well, I'm looking here at CD rates and CDs okay. at bankrate.com will get you 1.3% interest. Wow, I was pretty darn close. I was able to finally find my login here. $39,972 in the whole life policy. Nice. Nice. So you're already getting 5%. Why wouldn't you take a policy loan from that money and go get whatever percent return you generally get on any of your real estate deals? So like what? Okay, I can't do anything really with that money. Well, let's see. Okay. Let's say so, you're a private lender of all. All right, wait, 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 ready? Okay, I just bought a property yesterday for $40,000 that I'm going to flip. Um, maybe it's potential new construction. I could subdivide it, sell off the lots, or build it out myself. But let's say I took this money and I went, can I take all of it and go buy a lot with it? You can take all the cash value, yes. Okay, now what? How'd you get the forty grand to buy that lot? I took it from myself. You had it just sitting in the bank? Yes. Okay. So if you were to take it out of your policy, you're going to start getting an and one in your money. Your money's going to start working in two places at once. It's still going to get that 5% dividend from the life insurance company. And uh -huh. then it's going to go get whatever return you can go get in this next deal. It's going to get a return that I'm going to get on this next deal. Okay. So if I held it for six months, let's say. Mm-hmm. Now what? Well, when are you going to actually get your realized gain from this? So let's say I buy it, I uh, sit on it, I subdivide it, I uh, divide it into two lots, and now I'm selling um, the double double what I paid for it. Okay, so you make you're going to get eighty grand for this, right? Let's say so, that worked. Yeah, in this example, the only difference is that forty grand is still getting a five percent return while it's working in this other deal. Okay. So if we're comparing it of you taking money from your whole life policy or you taking money just out of your bank, yeah. Right up front, you're still getting a five percent tax free return. Now, what do I have to make payments on this? When no, you die, that that's what's great is you can no, no, no. now do I need to make payments if I borrow it. From the loan? Yeah. No. It's at your discretion. Like we would recommend that you would treat it like a bank and you would make periodic payments back, but you don't have you don't have to because the life insurance company knows you're good for that 40 grand because they probably owe you probably 1.3 or 1.4 in death benefit, right? Right. Yep, you're right. So right now that that 40 grand in that policy is just dormant sitting doing nothing. Doing nothing. Right. So why would you, you know, in you as a real estate investor, every dollar you get into a deal, you probably make probably one and a half to two dollars back, right? You would hope. So any dollar you can get a hold of, you should put in a policy. So it's always getting that 5% return tax free. And then you as a talented investor is always getting $2 return on that investment. Okay. Now when you say return tax free, okay, so let's say I pay back my policy after I sell the property, the 40000 goes back into my policy. Now what? I, would I also realized a $40,000 profit. So the profit on the separate deal is taxable, but I, I would put it into another policy 
and then it will continue to get 5% tax free. And then you'll, but you still have access to that new capital. So how much, how much loan, how much life insurance can you pull out on yourself? Depends on your human life value. And at that point you need to start talking to the, the actual people who buy life insurance company. Yeah. Based upon your annual income and you know, your, your balance sheet, your, your family and, and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, so most, most of us that you could easily probably get, you know, fifty hundred thousand dollar a year premium pretty easily. And the way we stumbled upon this is we were probably at our, our fifty or sixty property mark, and we started getting resistance back from the banks. And the bankers were like, "We want you to have if we have a million dollars out with you, we want you to have two hundred thousand dollars in our bank." And we're like, "You're out of your mind," because <laughs> we could go buy four more properties with that money. And so we we discovered privatized banking and and Nelson Nash's book. If we put that two that same two hundred k into a life insurance policy, the bank on our balance sheet it is is an asset of life insurance, which the uh, banks still count as liquidity. Okay, okay, so when you said put the same two hundred k, you can't just up and put two hundred thousand dollars into insurance policy, can you? Uh, you can yeah. you can if you build it out. I mean, it's going to take a little bit of a little bit of a startup time, but yeah. My um my uh, advisor, I just was looking through some of the emails I had over uh, the course of you know since I've had this policy, and he said I have a PU of nine thousand dollars. What does that mean? Paid up P-U- something? PUA? Yeah, PUA. Yeah, maybe that's what that is. So, and then what is your annual premium? Uh, I think I pay like three hundred dollars a month. So thirty six. Yeah. So basically, they, they the 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 way they structure it, um, we don't have to get into too much detail on it, but there's there's like a core policy and then a paid up additions rider. Um, That's and, it. Yeah, paid up yeah. additions rider. Yeah. And, and and they they do this so they can basically maximize the cash value. Uh, day one on these policies. So for people like us who who, who want to have access to that cash. Um, we have as much as possible day one. Okay. okay. So my guess is your financial planner, whoever set this up, he's not trying to maximize the liquidity of the policy for you. Well, when I when I did it, I was only twenty two years old, I think. So. Right. So I, he was doing something safe and secure and a for and a kind of a for savings plan. Yes, absolutely. Yep. So there are policies out there designed specifically for real estate investors that maximize the liquidity of the policy. Okay. And so after we stumbled upon this, that on our balance sheet, it looks like it's an, a liquid asset to the banks that solved our kind of liquidity crunch. And then once we realized we could pull loans out off that money and keep the money working, it was game on for us. Okay. So what would you do if you had right now I have $40,000 sitting in this account, what would you do? I would have used it to pay for this next deal. That's what you would have done. Or, Absolutely. Or, or your next deal that's in the pipeline or make a private money loan. You know, there's a lot of ways to do it. Make a private money loan. So lend it out at stinking 12%. Right. Yeah. So you get five from the insurance company. You get 12 from whoever you lent it to. You have to give six to the government probably, but at least the, the insurance policy offsets the tax liability. Why do I have to give six to the government? I, most of our investors are in the top ta- tax bracket. 
So it's oh, taxes yeah. or income. Yeah, gotcha, 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 gotcha. So, okay. so our investors love us when we came up with this solution. So the money them. you earn is not tax-free like a self-directed IRA. Money you no. It's well, not. so and then here's the thing about a self-directed IRA. Like you're gonna pay taxes on that one day, right? Not if it's a Roth. <laughs> is it ta- is it tax deferred or is it tax the Roth? A is Roth you- is after tax dollars. Right. Okay. Right. So it's just in a Roth, you're investing in the market, and I I don't think you're gonna get five percent compounding, and perpetually. That's just my no. Heart. No, you're not. And so I know a lot of people, they invest in their qualified plans because they don't have it's they get a tax break that year. But I've always hated that because I've always planned to retire a lot wealthier than when I'm working. So you're you're going to pay higher taxes when you take it out when you retire. Right. Wealthier. That's the problem with tax deferred. Right. Yeah. Right. And then you, you don't really have access to that money in the short term with these with the whole life policies. You can take a policy loan for whatever you want. I mean, it's essentially your money, you're parking there and and you're basically a shareholder of the life insurance company. So if you want to use this money for vacation, for pretty much anything. Now that would be pretty, that would not be a good idea, right? That's not a good idea. (laughs) Well, if you, once you get really into the concept, you're going to try to make every dollar you touch hit a policy. So it's so you'll eventually start taking loans on money you know you're going to spend. So if you're going to spend that money on a vacation anyways, you park it in your policy first and then take a policy loan against it to pay for the vacation. Instead of putting your vacation savings in the bank. Okay. So I'm, I'm still unclear on one thing here. If you, you have a deal, you borrow money from your insurance to pay for that deal. Do the profits of that deal have to go back? Into your insurance policy, or just no, the, just the investment has to go back. Just what you pulled from the policy. And so, even what while were you the talking money, about? I'm go sorry, ahead. Alex, even while the money is out, you're still earning interest on it from the insurance company. That's the great and one, Joe. It's just like basketball. You get fouled, and then you make the two points, and you can still get that other point. Your money. Why real estate investors love this infinite banking is because your money's working two places at once. But the only money you can take out of your insurance policy is the cash value that you've put into it. Correct. You can't take any more than that? No. And so if you, with these specially designed policies, basically by year or by month 30, every dollar you put in the policy becomes liquid. Initially, 25% of what you put in the policy is not liquid. And so that takes usually 30 months to get to that. Is that what you said? Right. So I got it when I was like 22 years old or something. Right. And it took a while for that to start kicking in. But I'm sure every dollar you put in it now is instantly liquid. Okay. All right. So let's say somebody's interested in this. One of the things they could do is, right, go out and get a one of these loans. I'm sorry, life insurance policies. Um, mm-hmm. But you can't touch that money for thirty months. What? What? No, you can't touch twenty five percent of it for thirty, for 30 months. months. Okay. You can touch seventy five percent of it twenty four hours later. Oh, okay. Especially if you're a private lender, this over ten years can add close to fifty percent to your return. Interesting. 
and you when you find so when you pri- when you find a private investor mm-hmm. um, you have them talk to your insurance guy the first call is to me and the second person is to our insurance guy yes and so it's describe again the conversation that insurance guy has with that private investor so the insurance guy is going to go through the real x's and o's of the policy and how it works but you know, the 30,000 foot view is that if you are a life insurance policy holder, you no longer, you know, you just, you're, you're escaping certain taxes that you can't escape anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And you're escaping the taxes on the money that it's gaining as you are. You're not escaping the gain from the tax of the deal you are doing, but you're escaping the tax of the policy gaining as you're doing the deal. Right. Correct. As soon as you enter into this policy, you're going to get a 5% dividend compounding tax free, which destroys probably what? 75% of the other investment vehicles on the market right now. You said as soon as you enter the policy. Well, as soon as that money, like your, as soon as that your money enters the policy, you're, pretty much can count on a 5% compounding tax-free dividend forever. Okay. Okay. And then you still don't lose the opportunity cost of that cash because you can take a policy loan at any time for any deal that you have. Right. Opportunity cost is big. Yep. And then you guys both have four kids. And so when when you die, that death benefit transfers to them completely tax-free. Wow. That's pretty cool right there. Yeah. And when you really get deep into how to do this, you start you take a policy out on your kids so you can start teaching them about banking and cash flow and investing. So I should pull a policy out on my wife and all four of my kids. Yep. Now Boy, some people be, are so the child's policy is strictly for in, strictly a teaching tool. It's not financially. It's not going to do any better than just putting it out on you and your wife. Okay. Okay. But like I'm doing on my kids just to teach them. Like I take my, I mean, we're kind of weird, but I take my kids piggy bank money and make them private lenders in our business. <laughs> just so they understand. But I show up to them on the 15th with like 75 cents and I'm like, here's your interest. That's nice. Cool. But it's just to teach. But for your, for your wife, I put a policy on my wife for sure. And this was all, you know, this was all money I just had sitting in a bank doing nothing. All right. The other, the other kind of interesting thing is um, Jimmy's got this phrase, like you're essentially collateri- collateralizing your death. And, you know, we don't get <laughs> too dark of things. But, you know, let's say for whatever reason, you, you've parked that $40,000 in there and um, the, you take a policy loan. Um, the entire deal goes south. You, you lose all the money. Um, you still got the death benefit there. So uh, it, it's kind of like a permission slip t- for you to go out there as a real estate investor and, and take some risks with your money and, and still have your family protected in the long run. So, and then me and Bob, we needed a buy-sell agreement, right? Yeah. And when if I were to die, my wife has no idea how to do real estate or do this company. So we used, we got a buy sell agreement and put policies on each other to, in the event either of us die, it pays off the debt on the properties. And then the heirs still get the cash flow from the properties. 
But where it's really fun is we our property tax liability is about a hundred k, right? So, yeah, so we're 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 going to pay about a hundred thousand dollars in in real estate taxes this year. So we've got to escrow that money anyways, and and have it sitting on the sidelines, waiting for something. So we were like, well, why don't we just put that into a life insurance policy? And so we did that. At the end of the year, when we pay our taxes, we pull a policy loan, we pay it to the government, but we still get a five percent dividend on money we're giving to the government. And then the policy is built around for. Worst case scenario, like I said, our, our buy sell on the on the company to pay off the rest of our portfolio. I was just doing some research the other day, um, a, few, a few weeks ago, about annuities and whole life insurance policies. From an investment standpoint, you could maybe make the argument that it's not the best investment. But when you're talking about using that money for investing in real estate, it makes sense. Is that? Am I yeah, it's on the same page. I mean, life insurance isn't going to make you rich. Real estate can make you rich, but life insurance will make your system more efficient. What somebody's going to say though? Aren't the fees and commissions really high in these life insurance policies? They're going to get. They're going to get. They're going to be upset about the twenty five percent that's not liquid day one, right? Yeah. And generally, most of that twenty five percent goes to commission to the broker. Now, me, I have an abundance mentality. So if someone's creating value for me, I don't get angry the fact that they're making money doing that. But over the long term, compared to a term policy, you pay more up front, but you get a better, it's better long term. Yeah, these these things are, if, if you're short term thinking, this is not something to do. Um, where these policies really start working for you is, is 20, 30 years down the line. When you've been tax-free compounding all along, and you've been rolling more money from your real estate business back, back into the policy. And so if you buy a term policy, yeah, the premiums are cheaper. But if you get sick under the term of a, after your term expires, they won't reinsure you. At 37 for me, if I buy a policy now and I get sick, you know, in five years from now, they still have to insure me and I can still be putting money into the policy. Right. So term is like renting life insurance. Whole life insurance is like actually buying the asset. But I've never heard of it this way before using that to invest in real estate. Um, because now you have a huge market of private lenders out there that have right. cash value in these policies. And so you're telling them, listen, while if you want to if you want to make 10, 12 percent on your money, uh, you can invest in real estate. And you can still earn the five percent that your life insurance is paying you. While the money is being used in another real estate investment, that's making you 10 percent on your money. Right. Yep. Is there still is there are there ways you can um, invest the money from an insurance policy through an IRA? Yeah, Joe, you don't. Their qualified plans are horrible. They're a government monstrosity. They shouldn't exist. There's no free market reason they exist. It's just because a bunch of bureaucrats got together and created a or created a um, subsidy for Wall Street subsidy or better word than that but so you're you 
What do you mean by that? So are you saying that self-directed IRAs are not good or not if you're going to, I, I, so I, I took my 401k from my old job and put it into a qual or did what you're talking about, a self-directed plan. Right. Uh-huh. And there's no advantage that life insurance doesn't give you that a self-directed IRA gives you, except I feel like dealing with my self-directed IRA is a pain in the ass. Interesting. So you don't have so all I, of the requirements in your um, insurance for what you can and can't do with the money. Correct? Right. Like, and yeah, you, still why, get, you still get the tax protection, the tax shelter in your life insurance? Yes. It's not. It's not like doing an entire deal in your if you're doing a self-directed IRA. Um, but if you look at the long term, you know, with with the earning the interest inside of your policy and having the access to the cash in case you need it, um, we think these these uh, life insurance policies far outweigh um, the self-directed IRA route. Interesting. I've never heard anybody else talk about it like this before. So. Talk to the talk to the investor out there who's fixing and flipping some homes, wants to borrow some money, um, needs some private money to buy a deal, and uh, you know he he's he's looking for some private money and he finds some people that have some, so some you would, cash value insurance. I guess so. There's um, the Nelson Nash Institute. They if I were them, I would go to financial planners who are selling this and have customers with cash value just sitting doing nothing. And that's what we did. And so you'll have the financial planner explaining the life insurance angle to the investor. And then, I mean, people who invest in these policies, they'll get it. If they could see a 10% return from real estate and it's not in the market, it's not that hard of a sale. We've raised quite a bit of money doing this strategy. And how do you find mm-hmm. these 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 people? Is it through the financial planners? If you go, if you, if you go to uh, the Nelson Nash Institute and look for, it's called Infinite Banking Concepts. So IBC practitioners, it has a list of of people who sell these policies, and the people who sell these policies know the people who have the cash value in the policies. I like I actually, I actually, I don't speak at like. REI meetings right now. I, I go to life insurance meetings and talk about real estate. I just saw the but, infinitebanking.org website. Well, you guys read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the, the paradigm shift with Rich Dad, Poor Dad is don't get taxed like an employee. Don't get taxed like an investor, right? Yes. And so it's the same paradigm. When I saw life insurance, it was the absolute same paradigm shift. Like, don't invest in banks, invest in what banks invest in and invest banks for their tier one capital use life insurance. Yeah, it's called Bully bank owned life insurance. Every like major Google, bank out there has billions of dollars. This is like where the banks and large financial institutions are, are parking their money and they get policies on all their um, key men as well. Key man policies. Right. And you, got, you guys know what tier one capital is, right? Um, no. It's their, so banks have to keep a 10% reserve in what they have out in loans. Okay. So they have to have 10% of liquid capital or liquid cash out or in their reserve if they're lending money out. So if they have 
a million dollars out in loans, they got to have a hundred thousand in in liquid capital. And so instead of keeping it in like in cash, they keep it in cash value and life insurance on their key employees. Interesting. Well, are are there any drawbacks? The initial twenty five percent. The initial twenty five percent that's illiquid is a drawback, and then you know you need to make sure you can fund the annual premiums. But the thing about real estate investors is they have cash circling around them all the time, so they could always put it into a policy and then pull it back out. Yeah. So let's say you like if you're committed to a twenty thousand dollar a year a premium uh, on the low end, you might actually have to on a minimum year maybe put three, four, five thousand dollars. It depends on the policy. So you said, hey, I commit to twenty thousand dollars. I'm having a bad year. I can only put in five thousand dollars this year. But if you go um, for for five years past that point, you can retroactively put money back into the policy. And if for whatever reason I'm short this year, um, I could say, "Hey, Jimmy, you know, f- float me the 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 ten twenty thousand dollars to put into my policy." Then twenty four hours later, I send it back to Jimmy, and now I, I've I've fulfilled my commitment for the year to the policy. So there's a lot of workarounds like, if you have yeah. to have a bad year. And if even if you're a flipper and it's part of your working capital for your flip, you can fund the premiums with with your money while you're in between flips, even though you know it's going to go right back out into a project. So I'm looking here at YouTube and I see there's a bunch of videos here from. I just did yeah, a search this, for uh, this. Uh, the, the the life insurance stuff for me is really hard to get until I could start seeing the numbers drawn yeah. out for me. Uh, so there's a few case studies there, and when when you see the dollar amounts and and how you're you're making money inside the policy and then outside the policy, I think it'll it'll really click for a lot of people. Interesting. Okay, so. Um, what what would somebody need to do to get more information or education on this? Go check out our YouTube channel. We got a bunch of videos on there, um, and you can also check out the guys at Atlas Wealth, um, Ryan and Brad. Those guys know way more than we do about this, and they're the ones we've learned it from. Um, and the great thing about them is, is there's a lot of people who sell these policies, but those guys are real estate investors themselves. So they know how to structure it right. um, specifically to maximize the benefits for, for guys like us. And then, if, Joe, if you're in St. Louis, E3 Wealth, um, John Moriarty, he's kind of – he's the local guy doing the most with this right now. E3Wealth.com? Yeah. Okay, I see. But the, and then the Atlas guys are like you. They're in Brunson's Mastermind and – we should probably create a squeeze page for this. <laughs> <laughs> so is it at atlaswealthadvisors.com? Atlas Wealth Solutions. At, Atlas Wealth Solutions. And, uh, and, uh, and, you know, you keep saying to us, like, wow, I've never heard of, about this. And to be honest with you, five months ago, this is what we were like. We read Nelson Nash's book, and we are furious no one had ever discussed this with us. Okay, so your YouTube channel is um I know you I just read it to you guys you told me what it was yeah, just join ops properties search yes. that and you'll see it join we have the case go ahead we have the case studies in there with the numbers with the the Atlas wealth guys go through the numbers and basically I'm just on there popping off we're talking about the Harbaugh thing too sure oh, yeah, and, you and Joe Jim Harbaugh so Jim Harbaugh, to avoid something like five million dollars in taxes, he has the University of Michigan pay him in loans that he has to go buy life insurance premiums with. 
Interesting. And so it's a great deal for the University of Michigan because they probably charge him three or four percent interest, right? Yeah. And they and they know he's going to die, and that interest keeps racking up. <laughs> that interest keeps racking up every year inside the policy, and then when he when he passes the principal of the loan plus 4% compounding will go back to the University of Michigan while the whole time Harbaugh is living he has access to that cash to reinvest in other deals and he's basically arbitraging the money in a policy that the University of Michigan gave him and it's it, it's a somewhat complex structure and on our YouTube channel there's a 20 minute video that goes through it all right. But at the end of the deal, and if he gets paid in life insurance premiums, he avoids he gets his compensation basically tax free. Interesting. Well, any 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 tax advantage that you can get uh, is a good thing. And, um, and it's just like it's just like Kiyosaki, you know, teaches people to do. Get be taxed like a business, be taxed like a bank or a big corporation. If these guys are doing it, it's okay for small puds like us to be doing it too. Interesting. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what what are your guys' plans then for the next couple years? And what are some of your goals to um, use this strategy to keep on buying a bunch of properties? Or what what do you guys have in the future? So, yeah. I mean this this strategy is just a better system for what you're already doing to create wealth. It's I, it technically could create wealth on its own, but it's not going to create. Yeah, big you're, wealth. Just, you're just adding gas to the fire of already being a real estate investor. So, um, our our goal is basically to get to 300 units, uh, single families in, in St. Louis, and and then kind of do a reassessment. Uh, we think we'll be there probably in about two years or so. Um, and uh, you know, we're going to continue to wholesale, continue to do a few fix and flips, and and we're roll, roll, rolling all that money back into uh, to uh, cash flowing real estate. To grow our passive income, I think this is fascinating. I mean, if using this as a strategy to get private money, um, as long as you understand it, like you got to have somebody that can explain it easily. And yeah. the Atlas Wealth guys and the E three guys, you know, we kind of butchered this. Yeah, it's not something you can you're gonna get right off the bat. Listen <laughs> to a podcast or listen to us. And um, we had to listen to a few podcasts, get a few books. Um, talk to some experts and you know after doing all that like it, it one day it's just it's going to click for you you know if you understand real estate and understand what you're trying to do as an investor um you're going to see that you can do the same thing with these policies so if you're curious i'd probably i'd read nelson nash's becoming your own banker first and then um, what's jameson bob murphy? what's jameson's book called oh, um, uh, the wealth the perpetual wealth system i'd read that next because he actually has a chapter about lease to own Perpetual Wealth System. By John Jameson. John Jameson. Yeah, here it is. And then if you really want to get technical and you're an econo- you know, you're interested in economics and Austrian economics in particular, um, go on um Laura Murphy Laura and they do an excellent job explaining to you why this works. Interesting. Now, what the book that you sent me was that the Perpetual Wealth System book? No, that was Nelson Nash. Nelson. Okay. That was 
So he and he pretty much was the person to invent this concept. Okay. And the reason he did it is he was a real estate investor and all his balloons were coming up and it was during a crash. I forget which one, but he was short on all of his balloons and he had all this money in life insurance. And he was like, wait a minute, I can take loans from the life insurance and I can make up for my shortfall on my balloons. Interesting. Right. Well, cool. Is there... Um I don't know what happened to Alex. I wish he was here because I know he'd have some more intelligent questions than I do. Uh, what What do you guys? Uh, what's some advice that you would give to people that, um, you know, they're just getting started into the real estate business? They've they've wholesaled some houses. They want to take it bigger. What do you recommend they they focus on? I would just focus on making. I would do a a personal diagnosis on what you need to live every month. Find out what that number is and just shoot for getting passive income to equal that number. Because like Rich Dad Poor Dad said, technically you're wealthy at that point. And, you know, Tim Ferriss's four-hour workday, he breaks it down into the daily amount of passive income you need a day. Yeah. yeah that's a good exercise. For, it's been a long time since I did that. And I know for us, like once we did that, it gave us a lot more freedom to take other risk and to spend other time learning things because we didn't have – at least I no longer had that immediacy to be out the door at 7.30 in the morning doing what I had to do for a job. Yeah. Yeah, like Kiyosaki talks, at that point you're out of the rat race and you can you can spend your time uh, investing in yourself and, and learning some high-value skills. You know, advice-wise, spend two weeks reading about life insurance. <laughs> well, I, we, I think we gave some people some really good resources to look at. And uh, hopefully you guys were taking notes. Uh, there's a book called Becoming Your Own Banker. Read that. There's another book called The Perpetual Wealth System by Jam- John Jameson. Um, you mentioned the e3wealth.com. You mentioned atlaswealthsolutions.com. Your YouTube channel, Joint Ops Properties. And um, I also wrote down here the uh, Nelson Nash Institute at infinitebanking.org. People can go there to get more information, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, very cool. And again, to get a hold of you guys, uh, jointopsproperties.com. Your email is jointopsproperties at gmail.com. And yep. Autopilot Assets. Talk about what you guys do at Autopilot Assets. Uh, I've got a free webinar up there, but basically it's a uh, it's an online training system showing you how to structure lease option deals um, we've got a lot of case studies up there and, and tips on marketing, uh, all the forms and agreements you'd ever need. Uh, but basically, our, it's our favorite extra strategy is lease options. I know you're a huge fan as well, Joe. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of real estate investors uh, are, are missing that tool in their toolkit. And, and it's, it's a piece of the puzzle. It's, you know, you can make a primary business off of it, but we still do wholesaling. We still fix and flip. Um, but if you're, if you're doing those things and you're not doing lease option, I guarantee you're, you're stepping over dollars in your business. Um, there's a lot of those leads you're getting that you could convert into good lease option deals. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Well, thank you guys for the time. I sure appreciate it. You've, you've been very generous with your time. Generous with your Thanks knowledge. Thanks for talking to us for this long. Yeah, Most people great. usually wouldn't, wouldn't do this for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's fascinating and I, I have a lot of question still and i'm looking at this thinking 
uh, this is, sounds really interesting. I want to do some more research on it and dig into it. Um, and then, Joe, and then, part of the big thing I love it is, one, the tax-free, it passes to my kids tax-free, and two, just as a tool to teach them. Yeah. That's a real good point. All right, guys. You know, so our kids aren't going to you know, grow be 21 and be like, oh, I have to invest in my qualified plan and save for the long term. Sure. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thank you, Jimmy Vreeland and Bob Scott. We sure appreciate it. And um, Thanks, Joe. We'll, we'll talk to you guys later. Take care.